What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And joining us today is our new friend, Vickle Parikh. What's up, guys? And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or working for the man. You can email us info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show, questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, artist suggestions, show topic ideas. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Hi. Hi, TikTok. <laughs> and MoGraph.com. Come check us out on all the things. Come check us out on MoGraph TV. And uh, shoot us an email. It doesn't matter what it is. If you've got a question, if you uh, just want to say hi, you know, sometimes we feel like we're not sure if anybody's out there, you know. I do Did it. you get the email from Justin? I did get the email from Justin, yeah. and I have it right here. And, huh. uh, and it's, it's, very, uh, it's very comforting sometimes to get these because it's like yeah. nobody's listening. There's yeah. nobody out there. You know, I mean, you <laughs> we see, see numbers. numbers. We just don't know if they're real people. Right. <laughs> Exactly. I've been on. I've listened to many shows, podcasts for a decade, and I've never written to some of them. Right. Right. So, um, we got this great note. It's from Justin, who says, "My name is Justin. I'm a senior motion designer, CG artist from New Zealand. I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of the podcast and what you guys are doing for the community. From listening to the podcast, I built up the courage last year to go to it to freelance mid pandemic." Even though it was mm-hmm. a little terrifying at first, it's been amazing, and I just wanted to say thanks, because if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't have done it. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. That's awesome. Well done, Justin. Yeah. That's super exciting. Yeah. Your, your life has completely changed by going freelance. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's true. <clears throat> we didn't say in a good or bad way. Right. But it's true. <laughs> yes. A little, bit, little from column yeah. A, a little from column B, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, real quick, uh, Vickle, before we get to to all things you and and Attaboy Studios, we're gonna we're going to uh, just quickly do some week wrap up. We don't really have that mm-hmm. much to talk about, but I just wanted to hit a couple points real quick. Number one, uh, I don't think we have any Camp MoGraph updates right now, right? No Camp Mo- MoGraph updates yet. Just okay. uh, I think from last week, it was ticket sales are April twentieth at noon mm-hmm. uh, Eastern time. So make sure you set a calendar. Uh, invite for that you know and make sure and uh mark it because otherwise if you try and wait like a minute or two later i have a feeling there's not going to be any tickets left so what day of the week is that do you know i don't know hey google what day is april 20th this year (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a wednesday is it wednesday it's a wednesday Wednesday. okay so we got to mark our calendars to be yeah free that day there's not like a, a max on show that day or anything is there i hope not I hope not. There may be. Yeah, Who knows? Be just you. <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. check and see. But okay. uh, yeah. Uh, so camp updates. Nothing. Nothing new on that front. Uh, Meetup. Yep. Meetup wise, I did want to mention a couple things. NAB is coming. As far as yeah. we know, everything is still planned. Um, the all the different people that you usually go there to see in the motion graphics industry so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Seem to be going, so I know a lot of people are trying to figure out: Am I going to go? Should I? How am I going to plan this? Go to our Slack. Go to the NEB channel. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's some other people. I kind of just got the conversation in there going again yesterday. See if other people are going, where they're staying. You know, maybe they want to do an Airbnb. Maybe they want to, you know, go to the same hotel so you can collaborate on yeah. transportation. All yeah. that kind of stuff. Get in there. The motion meetup. 
that uh, we are sponsoring along with a bunch of other people. That mm-hmm. usually happens the day before the first day of NAB. As far as we know, it is still happening. We don't have information on that yet, but as far as yeah. we know, it's happening, and the sponsors seem to be all on board. So if you're if mm-hmm. you're on the fence right now, I, I feel like everybody we're talking to, this is the plan is to do NAB right now. But we'll gauge it, yeah. and you know we'll we'll keep checking back in because we know the pandemic can go <laughs> yeah. any direction. It's gonna. It's gonna. It's. Uh, I bet it's gonna depend on the uh, the spring breakers, you know, and how much chaos they cause <laughs> for right. the pandemic. Yeah. So if there's not that much, then uh, NAB will probably still be happening. I did see yeah. that uh, Vegas uh, recently changed their. They got rid of their mask mandate, which I thought was very interesting. Mm. You know, now that so doesn't maybe mean that the show will be that. It doesn't mean that the yeah. show. Yeah, a but, lot of international I mean, people coming in, and they might yeah. be precautious about that. Yeah, so it's interesting to yeah. uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep up to date. We'll let everyone know. But as yeah. of right now, we're planning on going, and it's I'm, I'm yes. very excited about it. Yeah, so. we'll let you know. And we've got um, a couple other meetups that we're just milling around right now. We don't have any mm-hmm. specific dates, but of course, all of this is you know pending on how everything's yeah. going. But um, we're we're talking about maybe something in May, going to maybe like a Colorado meetup or something, possibly. Mm-hmm. Still talking to EJ. Have not worked in any dates or figured any of that stuff out mm-hmm. yet. But if you're looking to do some some meetups, definitely just keep an ear out. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> um, upcoming shows. I just just did want to mention. Uh, next week we've got uh, head of staff Camp Mograph, head of staff Casey Hupke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, I did want to mention Stephanie Fung. Uh, she's moving to May, and we will have Gavin Shapiro on. Uh, so yeah. That. That'll be fun. And if you're watching MoGraph TV, talk, make yeah, sure yeah. that you, first of all, keep MoGraph TV on all the time, right? All the like, time. See? I've got it on. MoGraph TV. There you go. Yeah. Um, because after the show, other things play. Next week, we are going to start um, after the show. Next week, you're going to see the first episode of uh, Sarovsky's Between the Keyframes. Uh, that mm-hmm. is joining that that show is their their show is joining MoGraph TV, so check that out there. But um, that'll be on after the show. So next week you can stick around and check out Sarovsky right after the show. Just yeah, that'll be fun and spread the word. <clears throat> MoGraph dot com slash TV. Make sure that you put it on in every break room, in every free conference room, room yep. that has a free TV. Just stream <laughs> it everywhere. Uh, right? Spread the word, because if you don't spread the word and if people aren't watching it, then uh, I don't know if we're going to keep doing it. It's, a, it's an experiment <laughs> to see yeah. if people want to watch this, you know. So. And we're really we're really uh, hoping to uh, also add a lot more original content from yeah. us that you'll only be able to get from MoGraph TV. Yeah. So make sure and uh, yeah. stay tuned. And there's, uh, there's content from, um, from Maxon, Rocket Lasso, mm-hmm. Boris... Jags, Winbush, Plain mm-hmm. Arts podcast is on there, and of course some of our stuff. And mm-hmm. there's there's tons of content, and I spend a lot of time programming that stuff for every moment of every day. So if uh, if y'all want to watch it, that would be much appreciated. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. Get on there and uh, check it out, put it on, you know, and uh, and tell us what you think. The uh, and then lastly, classes, uh, the brush up class, spread the word. Anybody who wants to learn Procreate. Now's the time. It's always the time. 
Yeah, it's always the time. I've to been learn I've been working on a project. I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week, but I've been working on a project for the past few weeks, and the entire thing is done in Procreate, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without this workshop or without yeah. that class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, MoGraph TV. If something you want to watch later, everything is available on those sponsors' YouTube channels, and mm-hmm. um, and also it is uh, rewindable up to 12 hours. So yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and then that's that's all you get after that is gone. It's live. It's like CNN, you know, or <laughs> right? or watching a uh, a news show. You know, if you, you you just put it on, you catch something. You can always catch the replay of it on on those people's YouTube channels. So um, eventually, we will actually have an interactive schedule where you can click and find mm-hmm. those things and bookmark mm-hmm. them. We're just not to that point yet. Got to get that yep. that programming done, right? But, um, so yeah, so that check out Brush Up, check out Creating the Unreal, and Stop Being Afraid of Houdini. That's all I got for week wrap-up stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, we get, like, the slew of people every Monday morning who are like, uh, I got stuff for the drop for you. Yeah. And it's all coming <laughs> in right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's, let's uh, Vickle, let's get to you. Let's, let's talk about you and, uh, and your career. And start from the beginning, as we usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so tell us about yourself. We are not, um, we have not met in person before, and that's why this is a little bit different. We don't know anything about you, and I think mm-hmm. that's kind of good sometimes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Uh, and yes, we haven't met in person, um, but that's the reality these days. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, my career started uh, out of school. I went to SCAD for, back then they had this thing called computer arts program where you know, it wasn't specific uh, motion design or 3D or, you know, you pretty much learn a little bit of everything. And uh, the idea was to create art using computers. You know, it was um, in 2000. and. Uh, you know, I graduated from there, and uh, there were a few shops that were, uh, you know, kind of up here, like uh, Imaginary Forces were doing some good work, and uh, uh, we, Trollback was doing some, like, really killer, you know, MoGraph stuff, like type design, and, uh, you know, those were definitely very influential in the work. So I moved up to New York and uh, got an internship at Edgeworks, uh, there's a company that did a lot of broadcast design um, that, you know, MoGraph was pretty much used for broadcast design and, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of title work um, yeah. back in the day. So uh, moved up here interning with them, uh, worked on the show, helped pitch a show to MTV called Room Raiders. And, uh, you know, this was like while we were interning. So I really didn't know what it meant to be a freelancer. but. Mm-hmm. Once you know the, the network picked up the show, couldn't be an intern anymore. Uh, so they you know hired us to uh, just work on the show, and that's really how I how it got started. You know, my love for mm-hmm. design, my backgrounds in architecture, and then uh, coming to SCAD, I always loved graphic design. So like combining graphic design, animation, and architecture, that you know seemed to be the draw for me, and motion design kind of fits the bill. Yeah, and, I was gonna say uh, that's that's a really good foundation. Yeah, that's a really good foundation to work with. Yeah, and you know the program that they had at SCAD too, I think, was definitely instrumental in learning a variety of things. Uh, you know, in the short time out there, so you could take a class in graphic design and film and sound design. So it definitely helped. Uh, 
actually you know gauge uh, what i was most interested in and uh, it just ended up being uh, interested in uh, you know pretty much everything so mm-hmm. uh, yeah and uh, i freelanced around new york for a while uh, at different design studios at uh, which a lot of them no longer in business uh, yeah <laughs> and uh, at ad agencies and uh, you know finally settled at this uh, post-production place uh, which mainly delved in editorial called Red Car and uh, you know I was, I was there for uh, you know close to like six seven years and uh, after, at the end of it you know I thought it was just more it made more sense to you know start out on my own a because I always wanted to and mm-hmm. be uh, you know there's once you were working at a shop I think sometimes you get stuck in the rut of doing the same thing over and over and you can find partners to uh, actually risk it. So I felt, uh, you know, starting Attaboy, uh, I could take those risks. I could, you know, try to diversify what I worked on and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, take things in my hand own hands. And, I, uh, you know, that really helped. Uh, at Attaboy, I was able to experiment with uh, mixed media using, you know, live action, started directing, you know, animating, uh, and then finally overseeing, uh, you know, the talented pool of people that we have uh, at Attaboy and, uh, you know, helping the daily uh, creative direction and um, you know, all in all, like just creating some good stuff for good partners and, uh, you know, uh, making it uh, enjoyable. So let's uh, cool. let's go back to the beginning a little bit because you know you mentioned the architecture stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, let's go back. First of all, um, you were born in Mumbai, is that right? That's correct. And um, so since you were in architecture first, did you feel like were you drawn to that specifically to start, and, and was it something technical or artistic that that drew you to it? I think it was more about creation. I think learning 3D softwares uh, and starting to build these, uh, you know, virtual environments. I think that was the biggest draw in uh, concepting and creating. And then, you know, we used to work in Rhino 3D and, you know, create this nice. like really ornate <laughs> models mm-hmm. and uh, moving on to 3D Studio Max and flying the camera through. I, I thought that that was a very uh, cool way of visualizing a space and, you know, like how light would uh, sort of, uh, you know, create areas of uh, light and darkness and, you know, how that would affect uh this space, I think that that was an interesting study in my mind, and I definitely wanted to explore that further. And I think that's why specializing in computer arts seemed like the right thing to do at the time, because, Mm -hmm. you know, that just gave us the canvas to play with. So um, did did you work in, um, you mentioned 3D Studio Max, and I know a lot (laughs) of, you know, architectural design people, especially from, if you think like the year 2000, around that yeah. that era, you know, we're <clears throat> deep into 3D Max, and many, many, many people still are. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, like, how much did you do in 3D Max? And, and you know, did you feel like, um, or do you feel like there's other programs now that you like better? Like, what is your main program of choice now? I don't think we've even asked that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we are, you know, very uh, software agnostic in terms of the way we approach work. Uh, you know, we seem to find the solution that fits 
fits the project or fits the brief the most. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really helped us in shaping the way, you know, uh, our studio functions. Uh, although I must say, like, they use Cinema 4D extensively. We use Maya extensively, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, it really depends on the task. I think we use Houdini for particles. Uh, so the artists really take upon themselves to find the most optimal solution and uh, you know just go from there so i wouldn't say like we are a cinema 40 shop or a maya right. shop mm-hmm. uh, you know we, and a lot of times we actually build those models and you know for real and then fly a camera through it so uh it it really depends on the project uh we like that handcrafted feel that uh mm-hmm. you know a lot of our work has and i think the only way to do that is actually build it and you know, also from um, my background in architecture, you, know, you were always visualizing stuff by building them and then, you know, looking at them. I think that sort of uh, overflows or spills into, you know, a little bit of the work that I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. So what made you decide, like, to to pursue this at uh, Savannah? Uh yeah, I mean, back in India, there were no courses or no schools that, uh, you know, helped you specialize in something like this. I think there were some like technical institutes that would teach you the software, but mm-hmm. I mean, you could really learn the software yourself. Uh, and uh, so SCAD was one of the few schools here stateside that actually offered uh, you know, this course and there's SVA and Pratt. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, coming from um, a coastal town, I, <laughs> it was lured by the, uh, you know, the geographical location of Savannah mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, thought by the ocean. And uh, it was kind of nice actually being in a small town and not having come to New York. I don't know what it would be if I, you know, straight up just came to New York and went to school here and worked there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being <laughs> in Savannah, you know, helped me understand. Like yeah. sort of soak it, soak in the culture. I think that was the <laughs> biggest learning point. And you know, uh, the South is definitely more welcoming than New York. So <laughs> yeah, it, that's mm-hmm. a huge contrast between those yeah. Two, yeah. those two those two towns. Um, did did you? So you worked freelance after that, right? Like, what what did yeah. you do right when you got out of college? What was your first step? Yeah, so right out of college, I got an internship at Edgeworks, right. and mm-hmm. you know, right. while. I was there like a weekend. The producer was like, "Hey, we have to pitch this show to MTV." Uh, so to me and yeah. my, you know, like another intern, they're like, "Do you guys have some ideas? We'll pay you five hundred bucks uh, if you want to work the weekend." <laughs> nice. So at that point, you were like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." You know, it helps me pay the mm-hmm. rent. Uh, so we pitched a few ideas, and I, they they really picked one of the ideas we worked on for Room Raiders. Uh-huh. And uh, they, you know, I think like two weeks later, they said, hey, you know, the show that you guys helped pitch, I think MTV is going to do it. And so we need you guys to build out the entire graphics package. Nice. And uh, there are a couple of freelancers that you can use to build it out. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we worked with the creative director at the time to... Uh, Develop that, but you know, after that, I think that was the internship. Uh, sort of, we graduated from interns to freelancers, right? And yeah. uh, just went from that show ran for like three seasons. I left it after the second season because it was yeah. just the same thing over and over, right? Uh, so from there, uh, I freelanced 
to throw back uh, perception, like a ton of places. And uh, at agencies like YNR, you know, I worked at YNR for like almost a year and uh, then eventually decided that, uh, you know, I wanted to find a place to call it home. And I, you know, Red Car came into my life uh, mm -hmm. right around that time. And uh, they provided like really, you know, great foundation. Like there were, uh, advertising clientele that you know were coming in for editorial motion design was fairly new at the point so you know just having access to people bouncing ideas off i think we really did well like being a small team we were able to knock out like you know a lot of cool work in the advertising realm and uh, i think that was really the foundation for attaboy so that was 2006 7 era right yeah yeah 2006 7 mm -hmm. uh, more like 8 9 yeah so before gpu rendering was like really oh, way before know, GPU. yeah <laughs> which you know really isn't that long ago but it feels like we've been doing gpu forever now forever um, yeah so um did did that i'm assuming that that kind of like helped through that era helped you really like accelerate what you were working on did did you end up moving to gpu renders um are you using like what yeah, is now name? we use we use gpu rendering uh you know we were doing maya and arnold for mm -hmm. a while so that was mainly cpu but once we sort of uh incorporated cinema 4d you know into the pipeline and uh you know started uh rendering with like redshift and i think like gpu rendering has definitely taken over now and we can't see how we can go back talk so, to me talk to me yeah. about uh red car and redhead um uh and and its relationship to attaboy i'm a little confused about that well, that was back in that back, was yeah, previous. that was back in two thousand nine. Uh, yeah. Red, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know. I, I, I don't know Red Car. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's like eons ago. Uh, it was a post production editorial facility, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, in like in the early two thousands, like it was you know one of the biggest in yeah. uh, the advertising scenes. I think they have one in Dallas. They had one in okay. Dallas too. Oh. Uh, so, uh, which is now like, uh, I think people have moved over and rebranded it and uh, it's called Republic. Um, okay. Uh, but, uh, familiar. Yeah, yeah. So they, uh, they did some really, really cool stuff like, you know, Super Bowl commercials, like editorial, mm -hmm. and they had some top of the line editors there. Um, but back then they would consider what we did, like design and animation part of finishing. And I think like okay. that, you know, at that right. point, they needed someone that could come up with ideas for like end tags or, you know, title animation within the commercials or animated type, uh, you know, for the commercial. And I think it uh, helped having some motion designer in-house and, uh, you know, I sort of came in and at first it was just me and then we grew into uh you know a few people and we rebranded ourselves as redhead uh okay. you know with the aim of trying to do more narrative stuff just tell a story using animation using mm -hmm. design motion design uh and really push our agenda there uh but uh, you know i think just the way the company was set up i you know i don't think it was very conducive uh mm -hmm. to move ourselves and our careers forward so i think we disbanded uh and i started attaboy um almost 10 years ago 
and uh, you know just um, trying to evolve myself and you know the work I'm involved in in more storytelling narrative capacity where mm-hmm. we started doing the entire commercials or entire you know videos uh, from start to finish under one roof yeah and it's uh, a it, uh, looking at the work for attaboy um it's it's a it's a wide variety of both you know fully animated and uh live action stuff as well Correct. which i think i think uh, uh is is very cool being able to uh, uh uh have such a wide variety of work yeah. for the studio Cool, thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I think we uh, it took a conscious decision as a studio to uh, not pigeonhole ourselves into, you know, mm-hmm. just animated content or like, you know, certain type of design. I think we were, start, we were starting to see briefs and partners were, uh, you know, bringing opportunities to us where we were able to incorporate live action and animation. And, uh, you know, we didn't really see a lot of that happening back then. So, you know, and with my architectural background, you know, mm-hmm. working with props and working with, uh, you know, art directed live action, I think that really uh, appeals to me. And we have mm-hmm. some like really talented directors now that do everything from food photography to yeah. you know storytelling like documentary style storytelling to motion design um, so we really try to take uh, what we do best is you know tell a story and uh, you know see what connects the most i mean now we are doing like you know 50 videos for like TikTok for a brand and yeah. you know they have to be quick churn and burn because they just have Absolutely, to be yeah. I think it's just like content at scale so you know we find the best method for that and you know try to keep things a little more modular in that case so we are about to uh, you know and, and we've been experimenting with like you know animating in Procreate Photoshop and we did an entire music video in Photoshop back when Photoshop could not even handle because it. it just seemed like awesome to do. Like we did uh-huh, the yeah. Thunder music video all in Photoshop, I think in like 2000, uh, I want to say like 2014, it was a long mm-hmm. time ago, uh, but uh, we crashed Photoshop and we had to like <laughs> open phrase. It was, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, but yeah, we always trying to push boundaries in terms of how to, how to come up with that sort of bespoke handcrafted look and mm-hmm. i think that's really uh i want to say like our style and uh our emotional um contribution to a project mm-hmm. so throughout the years when i'm doing mograph stuff i have a, <laughs> a lot of ups and downs right like uh emotionally and philosophically all of this right like the older i get the more i'm like okay i really have to have something established what am i going to do the rest of my life and something that comes up i think with a lot of people um you know when we were at camp mograph a couple years ago ryan summers was talking about nobody had retired in mograph yet right yeah and some of us that were kind of coming up we were getting older i think some of the people that were older in this industry, like in 2000, we're completely in a different era of this, right? Yeah. We're talking like early grayscale gorilla days, yeah. uh, MoGraph.net days, all of mm-hmm. that, right? 
And and now that we're, I feel like Matt and I, for example, we're we're entering this certain phase of our life. Mm. We're like, okay, are we going to stay in front of the computer doing the freelancing stuff for the rest of our lives, or are we going to mm-hmm. run run something, or are we going to do some work and some running a company or whatever that is? Right. A lot of people want to jump off and freelance, but after twenty mm-hmm. years, twenty five years. You might want to do something more than that. And people ask, well, what is that? And my answer is always, okay, well, you s- start a studio. And that doesn't mean yeah. that you go buy a building and do, like, yeah. whatever, right? Like, you, you have to make kind of a decision, you know, if, if you want to work with other people and have freelancers or employees, you got to brand yourself as a studio. So I, so, so you were freelance, and you yeah, did one some second, things. Miss. Sure. Tell, tell, uh, tell us a little bit about, like... About that journey and about Attaboy and and about branding as a studio rather than a freelancer. Yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Like as you know, you progress in a career. Uh, eventually, everything starts becoming mundane. Like you're like, yeah, I'm doing the same, you know, uh, stuff over and over. If people hire you for a certain style, I mean, you know, how long can you do the same, you know, animation for? Uh, Thankfully, with technology now, like you can apply the same fundamentals to a lot of different areas. You know, I mm-hmm. think so. Uh, people getting into this field or who've been around for a little bit, uh, you know, have the option to work for, you know, tech companies. And I see like a lot of people doing that, like a lot of designers uh, who've been around for a while, like move to, you know, the tech giants and uh, be a part of their in-house sort of creative uh, brain trust, uh, so to speak, like motion yeah. oriented. Uh, but when I, you know, started Attaboy, it was really the inkling to be able to do something bigger than just like five seconds for like a 30 second commercial. Mm-hmm. You know, and when we were seeing a lot of things happening, like, oh my God, this could be done differently. This could be done better. Uh, and so instead of just, you know, like bickering about it, I thought, you know, I was younger and I was like, you know, my wife was very encouraging. And uh, we were like, let's give this a shot. You know, like if I can do something differently and if I can do uh, something that resonates with, uh, you know, um, not only commission work, but you know, we did a bunch of uh, not-for-profit work for nonprofits. Um, you know, for UN, for um, uh, Shared Hope, uh, for Care Organization, and uh, you know, I think um, just trying to tell a story and help uh, a, you know brand to sort of share their philosophy, story, brand with their audiences. I think you know, in a way that we think they could connect the best. I think that's really what we wanted to bring to table. And I think we still continue doing it. You know, uh, we have uh, very long-standing relationships with clients that, uh, you know, just repeat work because of the fact they understand that we uh, have a deeper understanding of the audience rather than just executing, mm-hmm. um, you know, a script or executing a board. You know, we take the liberty to offer of modifications to a script or, you know, uh, like even when we're pitching on a job, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, and I think it's a 
two-edged sword because uh, a lot of times we lose a pitch is because it's just so different from the mm-hmm. original brief. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, that's that's what we bring to the table. We look at your problem and we try to find a creative solution to get to where you are rather than just giving you eye candy. Yeah, yeah it's really and that's important. really what Attaboy is. But, yeah. but yeah. I, I will say, looking at your, your work, it, while you're doing that, you're also giving very good eye candy. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you gotta pay the bills. Right. Yeah. Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes, and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize um, when you do get to that point and you start you start working on, uh, you know, with clients that you have on a regular basis like that, they realize that you are a good solution because they know they can come to you for that solution. Not re- necessarily, oh, can you just mm-hmm. execute this plan? You know, how are you going to execute it? And are you going to be able to come up with a good solution? And uh, one thing that that you have to do as either a freelancer or a studio or a small studio is be able to handle that variety. Uh, if a, you know clients c- came to us this year for like concert visual stuff, uh, mm-hmm. super technical, like technical, you know, like inventions and yeah, not necessarily <laughs> like, yeah, like not necessarily anything super eye candy or anything, but being able to technically, you know, pull something off that might be complicated because it, it has to do with, you know, inventions and manufacturing and mechanical engineering, um, or you might get stuff that's just full-blown creative. And it's about, can you execute it? How well can you execute it? And um, are you able to fit a timeline? Are you able to fit a budget? All of that comes in when it comes to keeping clients. So you've got those clients, for example, that are that are coming back, you know, over and over. Um, mm-hmm. That's yeah, I think isn't that for. exciting? Like that's yeah. what we feel. It's exciting. Like we, you know, definitely as a studio, we do have, uh, you know, we get bored of stuff very quickly. So if you know the same thing happens over and over, I think we lose steam, and eventually, you just it becomes a burden. And if we wanted to do a job like that, we, you know, take on a higher paying educate, you know, case we could be lawyers or doctors are doing the same thing over and over. But, you know, being artists, uh, you know, I think we want to experiment and I think we want to keep that, you know, um, that Kindle of like the unknown. And I think that's really what drives us. It's hard sometimes with long standing clients too to 
keep everything fresh, right? Like if they say Absolutely. they come to you with a monthly or every six months or a yearly project, you know, you want to make it better every year so that they stay with you. Yep. Number one, you know, if they feel like it's getting stale, they're going to go with someone else, you know. Yep. Or if you're working with an agency, if you're a freelancer, you don't want the agency thinking, oh, he's always going to deliver the same exact kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you want to be throwing in fresh ideas. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, I wanted to talk about your work a little bit. We haven't talked about sp the specifics of the work. Um, let's start off though by like telling us like what was your favorite project to work on at Attaboy so far? Uh, you know, definitely the music video mentioning Mojo Thunder. That was pretty uh, rad. Uh, we had some really good team, uh, you know, um, that actually worked on it, and I think we were very very happy. Um, and you know, that and the shared hope. Uh, it was uh, a video we did for Shared Hope Organization uh, for human trafficking or against, mm. you know, uh, educating uh, for human trafficking. I think that was very touching, very helpful. A lot of people pitched in, uh, you know, and tons of freelancers just helped out on the project because of the cause and, uh, you know, just for the love of. Um, I In our recent times, I really liked working on the progressive campaign, which, in, you know, was a mixture of live action and uh, CG. And, uh, you know, again, we had, we shot, that was supposed to be an all CG campaign. And uh, we were like, hey, you know, why, why would you just, let's make this, let's make, you know, mm -hmm. make this as photoreal as possible. Uh, by just shooting it and then we incorporated the characters and uh, you know we Ridvan uh, he's our, you know the head technical director at Attaboy he really you know uh, knocked it out of the park with uh, you know incorporating these animated characters into this uh, mm -hmm. using Cinema 4D and uh, you know we That's were able so cool. to yeah so it was a lot of fun doing this uh, mm -hmm. and it's very imperceptible you know, even to me now, like what is real and what is CG? You know, mm -hmm. I was gonna say, <laughs> I can't. I tell know. The I'm difference. looking at it and I'm thinking yeah. that it's like stop motion. Yeah. You know, but wow, that's so it's beautiful. That's cool so, work. Yeah. So we made uh, like three or four three-layered cakes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and then shot it. Uh, it we didn't have the budget for a motion control camera, but we sort yeah. of motion control it ourselves right. uh, mm. <laughs> and uh, try to get it close and then uh, it's the same with this landscaper spot that you're playing right now I think mm -hmm. you know that we were able to uh, sort of do a hybrid of stop motion and then use placeholder characters in there just for placements mm -hmm. and then uh, you know um, so it's equal part technical equal part creative and equal part uh, risk yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. When, we, when the client just comes with a straightforward, we need two 15 second commercials, and you know, this is the budget we have. Uh, you know, going from there to be like, listen, I know we might blow your budget, but what if we did it like this? <laughs> uh -huh. You know, be a lot more charming. You'd have the tactile feeling for it. And, you know, at no point, you know, um, I think it would be a little more endearing than just running it, you know, straight up. So, uh, yeah. That that actually has been um, one of the most fun projects. I wouldn't say favorite, but one of the most fun uh, projects to tackle. Uh, the what other was, one. Yeah, what was ahead. the uh, what inspired you to go mix of live action 
versus just building the entire thing in 3D because, you know, the 3D has gotten so good nowadays that you could probably recreate that relatively easily, you know, especially with you already putting the 3D characters. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. And I think the way that you did it was perfection. But, (laughs) you know, what was the what was the why the choice to go that way versus doing the Mm -hmm. whole thing 3D? I think it's the imperfections that shooting it brings, you know, and it's just very natural when you build it, mm-hmm. you know, it's very handcrafted and, you know, those imperfections lend to character, whereas if you, you know, do it in 3D, you have to design those imperfections to make mm-hmm. it feel, and so to me, I feel like that organic, you know, um, the organic feel to uh, visual is lost when, mm-hmm. you know, like all CG. And it doesn't have to be shiny. It could have the right level of imperfections, but then you're, you know, struggling to get those imperfections right. And, you know, what you think is imperfect to the other, uh, you know, to the client might feel like too imperfect. Whereas when you're shooting it, it is real. This is what icing looks like on cake or this right. looks like. <laughs> Uh, you know, you can't question it. This is what how water flows. You can't mm-hmm. question it. And so just incorporating yeah. these characters, which are, you know, uh, not to scale, you know, almost, uh, you know, that just feels, you know, natural to be accomplished in CG. Nice. Yeah, that makes Talk sense. to me about uh, Mojo Thunder. I'm I'm very interested in, like, how do you pitch something like that? So we, uh, you know, pitched... This band actually, uh, so our friends at Mophonic Music uh, used to represent this band um, and uh, they wanted to do a music video and they had a very limited budget. So Mm -hmm. they were like, hey, would you like to collaborate? And, you know, their sound was awesome. And so we were like, yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, we pitched this sort of uh, grungy film noir kind of look and feel. And we said, let's make are you guys okay with making this like risque? Like, do you, do you want like a safe music video or are you cool? Like making it a sultry, you know, um, mm-hmm. sexy uh, music video. And they were just, they were like, yeah, whatever you guys feel. So we sort of you know, threw some mood board together and, you know, for visuals and pitched it to them. And then we got Chris Mark and Benji to come on board to help us, uh, you know, animate and, uh, they fucking killed it. They really did a mm-hmm. fantastic job, you know, like taking that sort of uh, vision and a story that we had come up with and then sort of, you know, uh, executing it to perfection, adding like twists. And we had tons of talent that actually pitched in to help out mm-hmm. uh, the music video. And, you know, someone would take on five seconds, someone took on 10 seconds, mm-hmm. you know, so <laughs> someone was like, <laughs> Uh, hey, I'd like to do like this little scene and you're know, like, cool, let's do it. So we had this like mishmash of style uh, in it. And then we sort of did a once over to make everything sort of blend, you know, perfectly. Oh. So visually it's black and white and it's all the same. But when you look at the animation style, uh, you know, it's very different. Uh, mm-hmm. One of our 3D, actually the the alligator scene, like one of the 3D artists was like, uh, you know, I've never sell animated before and I'd like to try. So <laughs> mm-hmm. he did the entire scene in 3D. Uh, <laughs> and then he traced on it with Photoshop uh, mm-hmm. to match the brush strokes and color. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, so that was the charm of this video, you know, like different techniques coming together, make it visually feel, uh, you know, very similar. And uh, 
just the you know variety of artists that worked on it was mm-hmm. fantastic. Was that Is the there... piece that was entirely done in Photoshop? Yeah. Oh my god. Nice. That, yeah. that was just like brutal. It's amazing. That's that amazing. <laughs> yeah. My my Siri is answering for some reason. That was weird. <laughs> she just popped up and said, uh-huh. <laughs> that was weird. Um, okay, so that was that was what I was going to ask you, if it was Photoshop or Procreator. Or, yeah. yeah. This yeah. was before Procreator. Yeah, that's yeah. way before Procreator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and what about the stuff you've been working on lately? I, I see a lot of illustrative work. Um I got to go down here. You have so much on your Instagram. It's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> the variety here, like I'm actually going to bring it up here. I'm going to start at the beginning before I go to that one and, and just show everybody watching. But though it's great is having this variety because, you know, like we say, and a lot of people say, uh, you know, is, is make the stuff that you have the stuff on your reel that you want to get the work for, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. if you want a certain kind of work, you're not going to get it if it's not on your reel or not on your page or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do have like the mix of the live action. You've got the 3d stuff. You've got the full live action. You've got um, illustrative work. I was going to mm-hmm. ask you about this one in particular. I love this style right here. I don't know what the name of this one is. Oh, yeah, this one is Monash. It's uh, by so we have partners in New Zealand. Um, they're called Circus, and they've been around uh, as long as we have. And it was a very uh, sort of uh, meeting of the minds uh, kind of a thing. Like someone that was freelancing for us put us in touch with these guys. Uh, you know, he worked with them back in New Zealand, and uh, he was like. Uh, Dude, you should meet these guys. They work very similar to you, you know, just in a different country. And so we just started talking. Like there was no, there was no real uh, need for a partnership or. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But like the more we started talking, I think just the way we approach it, uh, and you know our motto, like make it not the same. Like that really, uh, mm-hmm. you know, resonated with each other. So this was done by Circus for them. It was all done in Maya, rendered to make it feel like 2D and tune-like. Amazing. Um, yeah. But it's just the design of these characters and you know how they are able to bring like little charm and expression using even dots. Like it's just fantastic. I love I love those guys. The way you know they're animators and uh, Christian, he's the creative director there. He's just fantastic. When you're doing 3D for 2D, I feel like the the real test is if you can pause on a frame and say, that doesn't look 3D at all to me, right? And I Mm -hmm, feel like that's kind of what this looks like when you see the stills on Instagram. Like this one here, it feels like it is full-blown, like, 2D, like someone drew that, you know, Mm -hmm. in, uh, in, you know, Procreate or something. And and when you see it animated, you're like, wow, that actually was done... uh, I guess you said using Maya, right? Yeah, yeah, they they use Maya. Yeah, that's great. But it's so great to have that variety on there. Um, I noticed this GE one too. I think I've seen this one before. I have seen this one. Yeah, this yes. one's like all in camera. Like there's no yeah. CG wow. at all. Like, so we used. I, I love this piece. Yeah. I've seen this piece uh, uh, like hundreds of times. It is absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this was again uh, that labor of love sort of situation, and uh, this was uh, they wanted to like combine, you know, faking a hand uh, using um, paper craft in the background to mm-hmm. build uh, the GE ecosystem, and then we figured out 
to use e-ink to connect circuits. Mm -hmm. And so as you connect the circuit, (laughs) so the pen is like a special pen. That was the the pen was the biggest problem. Like it was, it was easy to search on Google, but then you, you know, it was no uh, not available anywhere and you we had to import it from japan like the manufacturer that stopped making it and mm-hmm. they had 20 left and so we said okay just wow. give us all 20. that's so cool. <laughs> we had to sort of uh rely that this pen would work you know until mm-hmm. it got here uh, but it worked beautifully and uh, we were able to you know build the circuits build these paper craft little machines and uh, you know just shot it with a single take there are a couple of edits in there uh, mm-hmm. just because we were limited in um, the budget to like rent a big studio so we just right. shot it in our studio and we were able to build three different sets but we couldn't line them up because then there was no room for camera so yeah. they were like six feet table. So we just shot, you know, those three tables separately and then, you know, pieced it together. And so all the lights and all the movements from everything, is that all practical? That's all 100% practical. That's beautiful. Yeah. How do you, how do you, like, who, who'd you get to, like, actually do the programming and animation on all the, because it's not like you connect it and then the lights just come on. Yeah, that's it's, how it is. You connect it and then. There's Some an animation. Like, yeah, there's like yeah. an animation. Yeah. So like they, they cascade on. That's beautiful. It's a combination of two. So if you, there's a nice behind the scenes in there too. Uh, so, you know, my a very good friend of mine, he's out in California. He uh, he was the one that actually did all the paper craft. Uh, you know, you, they cut out these table, uh, these uh, layouts with CNC machines. So they were like mm-hmm. super straight, laser cut, you know, fast. And then uh, we connected them in a circuit in a way that they would come on together. But just like you pointed that, you know, if you connected a circuit, the entire building lights would go on at the same mm-hmm. time and it wouldn't look as interesting. So mm-hmm. what we had to do is put like separate bulbs in each window and mm-hmm. in behind the scenes, actually, you can see him crawled under the table <laughs> with like 15 little switches. Uh-huh. And then we like, you know, before we do, so this was a single take. So when we were, uh, you know, doing rehearsals, we were like, all right, we're going to land here. And then he's just going to like three of them were like, tick, 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 you know, like oh, wow. sort of turning the lights on. And uh, that's how it came. Uh, a lot of it, like in the windmill, the smaller buildings, uh, that was all like single light source. So we were able to turn them on, you know, um, just using like the e-ink, like circuit finish. Mm-hmm. So what did you do if, uh, like, what did you do for different takes? Because you had to connect the circuits. Did you have to start over and make a new? <laughs> yeah, piece right. Every time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that we uh, and you know, so we thought about how are we going to do this, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at it, there's a little pathway, um, and it's very imperceptible. Yeah. So you see, there's a little pathway. Oh, nice. And that yeah. pathway. The e-ink works only on a certain type of paper. And then if we put the entire sheet of paper, we'd have to change the entire sheet. But instead, we just made this little pathway that the hand model would trace on. And then between takes, we just, you know, we had multiple pathways cut with the CNC machine. So we just take it off, put on a new one, and then do another take. Smart. Wow. How many takes did it take? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I think we sort of lost count. The 
the worst was that car. The car did not oh, want to yeah. behave itself. Yeah, because it had to come and we wanted to stop at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, it just had too much momentum. It would like crash or it would not take off. So like that one, I mean, we had like 20 wasted takes and just one good take. And that's the one we used. Wow. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, I think we, we like inflicting pain on ourselves. Right. You know? uh, <laughs> But that's what, you know, makes like waking up and going to work exciting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a beautiful piece. Yeah. Thank you. I saw uh, Vayner Media. That's yeah. not. That's not. Vayner. Gary Vayner. Yeah. yeah. Is Gary it Gary V's? Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they were involved in that project too. What What was the yeah, involvement so they there? Were the, they were the agency. So oh, okay. he came to them. They work as a social media agency for them. Oh, okay. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, they've been doing, uh, you know, uh, pretty cool stuff. Like, they've grown. Like, in the past five years, I think Mm -hmm. they've grown substantially. And they've won a lot of accounts um, from traditional agencies. Uh, You know, it's just, like, the way, like, Gary V works, you know? Like, he's, like, very... Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 get it done. Doesn't work, move on. Like, you know, yep. you don't sit and like dwell on like building a multi billion dollar company. Yeah. Gotta so, buy the jets one way or another. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Is he there yet? <laughs> right. I don't know. They're pretty cheap right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you, um, what do you plan on doing moving forward? I, I'm, I'm curious if, if y'all ever plan on doing anything like a short, like an independent thing uh, mm-hmm. there besides client work? Yeah, I, you know what? In essence, we are a fairly small studio, like compared to like a lot of, you know, if you compare us to like, uh, like Buck or Mill or whatever, I think, right. you know, we're fairly small. Um, yeah. And we have a really focused team that works on stuff. So uh, we have all intentions of doing it. But uh, it just gets hard, you know, and work gets in the way. Um, but the intentions are there. Uh, we have a couple of things. Uh, there are short documentaries that are in the works, uh, sports doc uh, that are in the works. And uh, so that's our first sort of thing we want to knock out this year. And then uh, just in terms of like animated content, uh, you know, Circus is pitching a movie. Uh, and uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so that's really where we are. We are also focusing um, a little more on like virtual production and trying to get like Unreal into this sort of live action pipeline. Yeah. And uh, we have something coming up pretty big, which I'm, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about. So, <laughs> All right. uh, yeah, I think we are, we are very excited about that. And I, I think like that's really the direction uh, moving forward. You know, it's like the combination of like DCC applications and, um, you know, Unreal or Unity and mm-hmm. just uh, creating work. I think that's that's one way we want to push forward. If yeah. somebody is like looking to expand beyond doing freelance work and they, they decide, OK, I'm going to I want this to be a studio. You know, what what advice would you give? The typical artist who's freelancing now who wants to go to that next level, maybe think about a studio or you know running uh, a company maybe having a retirement you know yeah Yeah. Um, i i think you really need a 
big heart and even like a stronger heart, you know, uh, because your highs are really high and lows are absolutely low. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like February, like business is slow. Like, what are you going to do? You know, Uh, and you still have the bills to pay and you still have, uh, you know, fast real estate to pay for. And, uh, but you want to keep the talent. So I think like, if you have the right team with you, and I, and I truly believe, I absolutely truly believe, like we have an incredible team at Attaboy, and uh, they're all, you know, very dedicated to our art. They're very dedicated to what we do and the company, and you know, believe in each other. And um, so, find yourself a really good team. Don't try to do it all on your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that means the first few years you're, you know, working for less than minimum wages, I think it's worth it. But if you really want to do it in your lifetime, I think you should try. Like, do not, you know, don't like when you're 60 years old, like be like, shit, I should have done it. Don't right. ever right. that old. Right. You know, like I would say, like, it is something worth risking everything for because, uh, it's an incredible journey. You will learn things that you never expected to learn. You know, you will you will morph into something that you never expected to morph. I mean, you're making, you know, 20 decisions a day, you know, and it depends. Like some are financial, some are creative, some are, you know, business. Uh, and you wouldn't get that opportunity if you were, you know, just wearing your headphones and just, you know, so if you really have that feeling from the bottom of your heart, I think you should go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough making that decision because you're like, do I want to manage a team and invoices mm-hmm. and all the other things that go along with the business part of, of running a studio? You know, do you, or, or do you want to – some people just want to be that person with the headphones yeah. on. and you know. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, then probably the best place to retire is, is – you know, working for somebody, right? Because yeah. then you can just do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I know that that's probably something that's on a lot of people's minds is where is this going now that this industry has been around, you mm-hmm. know, and this industry is, is something you could maybe retire on. Yeah. Um, it's really maturing. I feel like this industry is definitely maturing. And, you know, I'm uh, happy to have been a part of it, you know, even in the growing stages. And now when, you know, it's like, you know, it's, you can have a business plan and you have a business model, um, you know, while being in this industry. Whereas like 20 years ago, if you said you were a motion designer and you're starting a studio, we're like, dude, what's your business plan? Like right. Right. how many commercials are you going to make to make right. it? Uh, right. So I, but yeah, it's, it's not for everyone, but I think everyone must try it once. I and agree. I, I, totally I think agree. a lot of people too yeah. would, would ask the question like if they came into this industry from graphic design and not necessarily like anything cinematic or any sort of video uh i think if somebody is looking to go that direction and have that live action variety and they're going into you know maybe starting their own studio a good thing to do is is also to partnership have a partnership with Mm -hmm. somebody who shoots and and really gets in that because you can do that stuff yourself you could rent a camera you could rent all the gear or whatever but you know somebody who does it on a daily basis is a good partner Mm -hmm. to have in that situation just finding those pieces of the puzzle that fit you don't have to i know a lot of people want to say 
everybody is an employee, not a contractor. Everybody here has a position and does, you know, and we do all of it. We do everything. You know, you want to shoot mm -hmm. a documentary, we can do that, you know, but, but the, you do have to be careful about like, about that. Cause if you try and do it all, you're, you're definitely going to spread yourself too thin. So yeah. having those partners is great. And finding the right person for the job, you know, like finding someone that is great at what you really want to get done. I think that's the best. You know, a lot of times we have a client who, you know, we are doing a portion of the job, but then there's this like, you know, 30, 40% of stuff that we don't do, you know? And so we're like, you know what? We're not even going to try and attempt to get a freelancer we've never worked with and, you know, focus on it. Let's just, you know, either subcontract it to another company or find someone within our network that has, uh, you know, proven that they can do this and let's right. just you know be transparent and collaborate i think collaboration is a big word when you are mm -hmm. building a business you know you really want to find the right partners collaborate and just don't be shady and you know i think <laughs> you'll be fine <laughs> yeah um like yeah, you know, scott, think, yeah scott says in our in our chat you know technical technical problem solving ability is key and and that's that's true if if you don't know how to do something uh, mm -hmm. being able to solve it, you know, usually for me, it's like, okay, who, who do we know that can solve this technically? Cause it's yeah. not me or at least and, walk <laughs> us through it right. to where we could figure it out on our own. Yeah. yeah. And just having uh, good people on standby for that. Um, yeah. one of the questions as well in the chat is, um, do you have any advice for anyone that's not yet freelancing taking that step yet? Um, but no, knows some 3d loves 3d, but is looking to get into that. I would say to that person is one, learn how to collaborate and be as part of a team. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, this production, as they call it, a team sport, it is not, you know, a solo sport. So you can be, you know, know the software, you can do like a five second animation by yourself, but then working within a team and a pipeline, I think is very important. And I think just for that, you know, being at a, studio or a company you know to start off i think makes most sense to me personally is mm -hmm. uh, you know just they'll you learn a lot you can give a lot because of your enthusiasm i think what you will bring to the studio is just you know amazing and so you have something to give and you know you soak in a lot and then decide if you know I, I don't think like financially, like I mean, I know now like it's been more beneficial to be a freelancer than a staff, but in the long run, I think the burnout rate, like just constantly yeah. hustling for work when you're not working as yeah. opposed to like a security. And again, as you're getting older, like your family, like do you, you know, like if you're not made for it, like focus on the work, if that's really what you want to do and, yeah. you know, let the company support you. I mean, obviously don't, fall prey to exploitation but right you know if yeah. you're with a group good set of people you know just like grow as a team yeah yeah if you what? haven't worked in uh in the industry at all before and you're like straight out of college it's hard to go mm -hmm. direct freelance without having yeah. some experience not just in the 3d a little more 3d experience if you need that but but also experience working with other people and understanding how clients work and how a project yeah. works. If you're mm -hmm. not used to that whole 
experience from beginning to end, it's going to be really hard to go freelance, yeah. just not knowing yeah. what to offer them. You know, so, so going somewhere first and really getting a feel for it is a great idea. So. Yeah. Hey, this is Dave. I just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor, Otoy, the creators of Render Network and, of course, Octane. But I don't have to tell you that. You know who they are. You see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs. And we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store. All thanks to their support. Go check them out at Otoy.com. Now back to the madness. I'm curious to, to know uh, how Attaboy has been handling the the whole pandemic. You know, if you've seen a shift in the way that people and like companies looking to get work done are handling things, you know, since the pandemic started. I know with us, we've been a lot more successful because uh, companies have been more willing to use remote workers and stuff right. like that. I, I've, I'm, I'm curious if you've uh, found anything similar to that. Yeah, I think, uh, yes, we've been more open to finding remote work, uh, remote workers and, uh, you know, experimenting with them. Uh, and, I mean, financially, I feel like the company has done well past two years. So, you mm -hmm. know, can't complain about that. Um, the biggest gripe I have to pandemic is that sort of team spirit or like sort of brainstorming of, you know, just somebody like walking over your shoulder and be like, yeah, uh, that's cool. And I think that's just a little bit of acknowledgement that you need, you know, or encouragement to like yeah. pushing harder. Or if you're not sure to just like peek over like, hey, can you come take a look? Like, what do you think? Mm -hmm. And, you know, your colleague could be like, oh, I love it. Or, you know, this red is distracting or something like that. I think that kind of stuff lacking. I know there are tools to do it online, yeah. like, you know, via screen share, uh, Discord, Slack, all of the above, but I think like there's this physical sort of being in the same physical space or even yeah. sort of you know uh, decompressing about going for a coffee or you know, that's that's something that I feel the team's been missing and we can't you know wait to like come back um, yeah in full force yeah I totally get that I totally get that it's like that in person collaboration that you don't even realize happens yeah you know uh, until it's not there anymore yeah yeah. Like banter, like you know, you're yeah. just talking while you're working. You can just keep like talking about stuff, and you know, yeah. I think it just keeps the juices flowing. I, I really feel that's very important, especially in the creative industry where yeah. it's more of a collaboration than like um, all the way live action. Like we've seen, like everyone still does that. So when you know there are live action shoots involved, like everyone's still sort of coming together and um, you know building props uh, or you know, on shoot day or pre-production are still coming together, but in especially in the animated production uh, workflow, I feel like that's, you know, been missing. Yeah, I was over at uh, Already Been Chewed uh, last week for like Super Bowl. We were watching the Super Bowl and stuff. And, you know, I've been over there a few times. It's really funny. Uh, I introduced Barton to Discord, you know, because uh, he wanted a way for remote workers and stuff to be able to feel like they were part of the team. I introduced him to Discord. And so he's implemented Discord in, in, in the entire system and everyone. And he's got a bunch of remote workers as well so that they can feel like they're more there. It's funny. So Houdini Mark, you know, one of the, the Houdini people there, what he did, he used OBS in order to oh, yeah. like key out his background and he put his like 
his uh, desktop his there. So yeah, his viewport, his viewport from Houdini, background. so everyone could see him floating oh, in his viewport, which is so funny. So it's or like he, talking he about the collaboration green. and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, his, so he so could he just can key it out. It was really his funny. Camera into it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so you got you guys uh, being all like remote, obviously. You know, uh, you guys. Uh, how do you feel like do you feel other companies have you know adopted this remote workflow or it just seems like means it's, to an end for now it's it's I, I i think it's like half and half you know you you get a lot of studios that we've talked to who are completely okay with remote workers now especially some of working with some of these bigger name clients mm-hmm. you know ones who would who are very secretive and not willing to work with remote workers ever like 2 right. years ago yeah. now they're like okay you've got you know things in place to where we we are more comfortable with that happening right. i've seen a lot of that happening but i've also seen some where they're like you know we just we want bodies and seats and stuff like that. We want that col- the collaborative yeah. uh, 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 workflow and stuff. Yeah, we lost a pretty big gig because in the end it turned mm-hmm. out they still wanted at least a couple days of, of in person interaction yeah. in New York, mm-hmm. and it's just like okay, well we're in we're in Dallas, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And have you ever had have you had a gig in the past at least a couple of years where you guys were using like remote? Uh, workstations that were provided by the people contracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was not great. Yeah, we. I I had a I had a client that I had to use uh, Team Viewer to log oh, into their computers remotely, and it's, it's like worst. can't work. Like it's that. so bad. It was yeah. it was so bad, and like being able to like just having to watch like. Well, first of all, After Effects will not play normally, you know, on your local machine, yeah. then try and play it through TeamViewer. And, like, it's so funny that the colors would invert, and you're just like, uh Need Parsec. But I talked that Parsec is great. Parsec is better. Yeah. I yeah. love Parsec. And what's so funny is, like, I'm, I, I introduced Barton again to Parsec, and I was like, you should use Parsec for some of your remote workers because TeamViewer is just bad, yeah. you know? And uh, he's got a remote ver- worker who's, I don't know if it's the ones in Greece or the one in Ukraine. Ukraine, but they can't use team viewer because due to their like their country's oh, you know right. restrictions yeah, or yeah. something but they can use parsec in order yeah. to get into their computers there which is really funny yeah, yeah. did, did yeah, i talk I about the meme that i made that it was a picture of team viewer and it says what is my purpose and i said <laughs> you start parsec you start uh, parsec <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Team great. is terrible. Uh, I think Teradici is okay. Like I yeah. know a lot of yeah using like this, you know, price point wise, like it sort of uh, adds to the infrastructure. But uh, yeah. yeah, Teradici is more of a secure lockdown type I, situation. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if you're just mm-hmm. doing like regular old stuff, man, we do parsec between each other's computers all the time, and it's just yeah. solid. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Hey, I've got a quick right. question. Where did the name Attaboy Studios come from? Uh, you know, Attaboy was just, when you think of a name or what kind of a company am I starting? It's like, mm-hmm. I want the clients to like walk away and be like, you know, that was a job well done. Uh, Attaboy. Attaboy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I love Attaboy. it. Yeah. That's um, great. Yeah. So I think it's just the ideology. Like we really... Uh, you know, want to be good collaborators, and it may not be like the, you know, Emmy award-winning stuff or like Super Bowl commercials. But you know, when a client comes to us with certain expectations, we definitely beat them. And I think that's really our motto: is that uh, we try to 
up the ante every time they come. And we've seen that, that clients, we've grown our clientele over and over. You know, we don't have a huge, like a long list of like people we work with once, but mm-hmm. we have a long list of people we work over and over. You know, so we yeah. have a short list, but like it goes horizontally, like it goes long. Right, so. right, right, right. I really like uh, uh, that you you push uh, company culture mm-hmm. a lot, you know, like and and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like nowadays a lot of companies are doing that, you know. So I, I just want to say I appreciate that from oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I, I think the bigger you get, it's harder. Like mm-hmm. you know, because we are a small team, it's easier. And you know, if I miss something, then you know my head of production or even like a production coordinator would be like, "Oh my God, you got you know we forgot that we should do this, you know, do that." And so I think it's just like in, you just have to do it once. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as like the founder, you just have to do it once, and then yeah. they know like okay, that's the norm. Like somebody sent a bottle of booze to a remote, you know, right. worker on his uh-huh. birthday. Now this is this person's birthday, like it should happen again. You know, yeah. oh yeah, you don't of course. Have, yeah. It's just <laughs> habits. Yeah. 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 I I think That's it's cool. interesting hearing the the like the reason that people pick names of studios. We don't ask that enough. Mm-hmm. Like, we should ask right. that more often, like where <laughs> right. names came from. You know, like our like even ours, Nexus Motion, like it's so obscure. It's so hard to explain mm-hmm. sometimes. You know, it came from the fact that we felt like Disney World was like the Nexus in the Star Trek movie. You just want to get right. back into the <laughs> Nexus. And so we named it Nexus yeah. and we were going to put all the money toward going to Disney World every year, which yep. we never did. <laughs> yeah, we uh, never did. I mean, we went to Disney World, but we never paid for it, you know, right. by doing that. Uh, you know, and like the word MoGraph, you know, my middle name is Mo and you like graphs. So. Right, right. Yeah, sure. That's where that came <laughs> yeah. from. Yeah. That's where that came from. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, we want to do something that we do on the show uh, with everybody new who we meet, which is MoGraph Recommends, where we're going to ask you some of your favorite things. So uh, we're going to start by asking you your favorite movie. And, and again, as we always reiterate, this could be your favorite recent or all time. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think my favorite movie was the first Matrix. That really uh, yeah. made me do what I do right now. Yeah. How do How do you feel about the newest one? Yeah. It was <laughs> no, terrible. no, terrible. No. Yeah. I I I think they should have. Yeah. No are you a fan? Are you a fan of the second and the third one? Because I feel like that mm. really determines whether you. Yeah, like the I loved one. all three, and okay. you know there were flaws uh, and plot holes or too yeah. complex but i still love them okay. uh, but i think this one is not groundbreaking enough <laughs> it, yeah. which is funny because that's like a a thing that they say in the movie you know where it has to be groundbreaking yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> which i think it's it, yeah, it's funny it, yeah so i i didn't really you know i think what you come to expect of a movie like a franchise is basically what you walk away with after you know watching it the first time and if you can't recreate that experience this movie would have been great if they would have named it something else mm-hmm. <laughs> right you know, it could yeah. be something else and I you know that. it would have been great but i think it carries so much baggage that then you're trying to like you know plus it so i think there was mm-hmm. too much context that didn't follow through and you know i think that uh, although i did love watching it like every single moment i was watching i was like oh my god i'm young again watching the movie right yeah. right right but yeah. at the end of it, I walked away not, you know, I was like, I hope they don't do a series of it, which I think they're not. But um, yeah, 
Yeah. I, I, I personally loved it. You know, I, you I loved like it? it. I did. Yeah. yeah. I felt like it had the perfect amount of nostalgia as well as like, you know, uh, uh, telling a new story based off of the previous, right. you know, iterations and stuff. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's uh, movies for you. Like, I watch, I love Scarface, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What about TV show? Uh, TV shows are tricky. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I really like the experience uh, of, like, Breaking Bad, like Ozark, like those kind of shows. I think they just, like, keep you, you know, on the edge of your seats to watch. But, you know, they seem to be doing so many of them. And they just keep getting better. So, like, it's hard to, like, name an all-time favorite. Mm-hmm. But I'm still waiting to watch the final season of Ozark. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've seen I haven't, parts I haven't of even it. seen the first. Seen the first? No. Yeah. 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 I hear good things. And Better Call Saul's coming back, too. Uh, uh, yeah, the, for the final excited. season. Yeah, I yeah. love that, too. Like, they did such a good job. I almost like that a little more than Breaking Bad. I That's feel funny. the same. I think a lot of people... I was listening to the radio the other day and just hopped in the car just by chance they were talking about the new season of Better Call Saul coming up, and he said the exact same thing. He's like, I think it's kind of better than Breaking Bad. And I was like, kind of agreeing with that. The writing is great. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, the right, acting is great. The writing is great. I mean, I think they like really kind of nailed it. Yeah. Mm. How about favorite music? In, in front and not in front of the computer. Uh, so, you know, obviously coming from India, like Bollywood music, uh, mm-hmm. you know, really uh, listen to a lot of Bollywood music, but uh, I like Sufi, you know, Kavalis. They're... Uh, Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, I think you should Google him. I think it's very moody. And mm-hmm. uh, although they are, you know, his traditional Kawalis are kind of religious, but I think they have a really good sort of tune to them. Uh, I love Indian classical. I used to DJ, so I still like, like, trance music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I have three little kids, so now I'm just listening to crap. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. Right there so, with you. Out of crap. Um, Baby shark and... <laughs> Baby shark. No, even worse. Yeah. There's a fart song. And I, I sung, <laughs> Please, if you have kids, do not make them listen. They love that. Yeah. And... Um, oh, man. I'm, I'm scared now. Yeah. <laughs> Anything from Coco Melon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Gosh. Awful. Oh, the how Coco animation? You gotta get those guys there. Like, how do how how the fuck are they? They're doing such that it's. It, I, I, I I saw uh, I saw a video the other day that said why Coco Melon is so popular, and uh-huh. it's because there's. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I, I I hate the camera moves. I think I yeah. think they're awful. Like, like. Yeah, composition, yeah. whatever. It's like they're con. The the every problem is every shot's a camera move. Every shot is a camera move, and they're like one second long you know and so you're constantly cutting between all these different camera moves it's keeping children's attention you know on the screen versus some of these other shows that are like three four five seconds in between shots it's like it it, the kids don't have a chance to look away because it's constantly changing every second you're right like even like the characters they kind of like jump at you they can Mm -hmm. like go back and like move Mm -hmm. around i think you're right Oh, Constant God. energy, yeah, right. Ruining their attention spans from the beginning, right, right. <laughs> yeah, so music's music's a tough one, you know. Yeah. Like it's uh, 
from like a variety of influences. Um, but yeah, it's very yeah. mood driven. Do you listen to podcasts? A few of them. Uh, I really like the Obsessed show by Josh Malza. Have you guys uh, mm-hmm. heard of that? It's like a design. It's mm-hmm. design driven show. Uh, so I like that one. Uh, not much like a lot. You know, Rev Think has a podcast that I yeah. watch. I really know mm-hmm. those guys. Uh, uh, and then um, just some news. So a lot of news. <laughs> yeah. 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 Besides yeah. Uh, besides render engines, what is your favorite plugin? Ah, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. How about a Star Glow? Star Glow, okay, that's a good yeah. one. That's a good one. Yeah. No, I mean, to be <laughs> to be really honest, like I, I haven't been on the box enough now to uh, you know, but uh, I definitely like keep abreast and you know play around with plugins, uh, but I I haven't like put any through any production pipeline, so it's really uh, yeah. hard to you know. I don't feel qualified enough anymore to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then what about app? If you pick up your phone, what's your muscle memory app? Slack. Nice. Slack, okay. Yeah. All right, that's Are you right. a glutton for punishment like me where you leave all your notifications on on Slack? On? Yeah, oh, my God. It's crazy. Yeah. Like including my, even my kids now are like, Dad, your Slack is going off the uh-huh. chain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, like Slack. I try to incorporate that within the workflow too. So a lot of uh, you know, I've been used. We were using like Asana. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. by we I should say like me who's using yeah. Asana for like uh, organizing projects and stuff like that. But I really you know been starting to use like Calendar with Slack to like try and like collaborate that. So yeah. then I'm not looking at like calendar invites and Slack or, yeah. you know, to-do lists and, you know, just like use Slack and then like it basically everything will pop up like boom, 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 boom. And mm-hmm. that's one, you know, communication that you have with yourself and others. I've had yeah. so many, so many studios that I've worked with lately who are using Slack, you know, mm-hmm. in order to communicate. And I have to say it's Slack it's connect. fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's as simple as it is. It's a fantastic tool for being able to work collaboratively. Yeah. yeah. It's, and I think if you have like the paid version, I think they have like mm-hmm. really good like, you know, like we were talking about like collaboration, like you can do a quick huddle. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, let's just like keep talking while we work, you know, and yeah. we sort through this problem. So they have mm-hmm. that, like just do the same with the video. So I think it's a great little tool. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. How about video games? Are you into <laughs> video games? Uh, I haven't played enough video games, no. It's more <laughs> like <laughs> in, in real life games. Tell us about, right. tell us about the cricket club. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played that enough either. Um, yeah, I think, you know, with, I took a little break after my third kid because it was just too much to handle. Yeah. And then the pandemic came. And so, right. like, it's been like five years since I've been on a cricket field. Oh, man. Uh, I can't wait to get back. Um, yeah, I think our team's like completely changed now. Like from back when we were to like everyone's like moved away, and you know, uh, mm-hmm. new people have moved in. So, but um, yeah, you know, growing up in South Asia, I don't think you can get away from cricket. Like, yeah, kind of, yeah. The, So there's like food, yeah. there's cricket, and then there's religion. Like those three things. Yeah. Like I think people are so <laughs> passionate about that it's crazy. Yeah, it's got to be a little bit harder to find a cricket field here. 
you know, just uh, that random. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised if you look hard enough. You'll find they have like a really good uh, bunch of cricket fields uh, up in the Bronx, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, all over the U.S., like Rhode Island. To I'm sure if you Google, you'll find some in Texas. You know, uh, Dallas. Um, but are like, they mostly pretty, like, like indoor, outdoor. Like, where do you find them? Like, what size? They're are outdoor. They? They're outdoors. You know, they are. A lot of them are part-time cricket field and then part-time baseball batting cages mm-hmm. so like they yeah, sort of okay. you know do both or like soccer fields um, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you have a pitch in the middle uh, so it's just a dry uh, bit of uh, land and then you mm-hmm. have green all around and it's mm-hmm. dry just so that the ball can bounce on it yeah. and you have like two players that go back and forth yeah, I gotcha. I follow a I follow a, a a guy on TikTok who does the the grass for the tic- for a cricket field. Oh my! It's God. very interesting it's... to watch that. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. I mean, there's such a science to it. It's crazy. Yeah. Like you just yeah. think like yeah, flatten that shit, and but there's right? <laughs> there's so much that goes to it. Like this is slow. This is fast. Uh, I don't know. I'm more passionate about it when I was younger. As I get right. older, I'm like yeah, whatever. <laughs> Well, the last one on our list is your favorite life hack. And this could be something funny or something useful. It doesn't matter. And our example is always Mitch Myers. Turn the toaster on its side for some bomb-ass grilled cheese. you have anything like that? Uh, Yeah, I think my life hack is to plan your day the day before or the night before. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. I think once I started doing that, I don't think it's like – that groundbreaking but i think i didn't do it for a very very long time and like i think you know since pandemic i felt like the you know my task list of i was just like felt like i was procrastinating a lot so mm-hmm. i think just setting up your day the day before is like the most important things that you want to crank out and i usually do it you know right before bed um mm-hmm. and then anything else that comes up in the day like unless it's you know are chattering they'll go to the next day i completely agree with that i i feel like anytime that i'm feeling overwhelmed with like gosh there's so much to do and i don't really have mm-hmm. a game plan either if it's just for one day or the next couple days or even the next five days you know like on a sunday night if i sit down and i just regroup and get that list and get the calendar up like i feel so much better before i yeah. go to bed yeah, yeah. you know and you don't have yeah. to pack your day either. To be really honest, yeah. like if it's not important, I really am a big proponent of procrastination because, uh, yeah. you know, if it's not that important, why should you like give your leisure or, you know, uh, some sort of mental space to like something that can be cranked out in like two seconds under pressure? Right. Right. I always feel like, if, yeah, that, that's the nose man way of things too. Is, nose I was going to say that's the nose yeah. man way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's like something about your day, like, I don't know, a, a meeting, I understand, you know, you have to kind of get the exact time. But, you know, I, I do like to think, okay, well, usually this takes me about an hour. So put it down for two hours. If I've mm-hmm. got to go running for an hour, hour and a half, that's, consider that three hours. You know, just try and pad it so you don't feel bad at the end of the day that you didn't hit all those things. Like, I just was right. always feeling bad that I didn't hit those points and i didn't do those things on time and it's like dude no it's going to take you an hour but it's also going to take you 30 minutes to go get something to drink Mm -hmm. and 
go use the restroom and go upstairs and get your stuff together and get a phone call. Like, don't don't put down anytime there's a 30 minute meeting mm-hmm. in your calendar. Just assume it's an hour. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. You know, that kind yeah. of a thing. So, yeah, then you, you're basically adding buffer and you yeah. are building in that sort of, you know, free time. Yeah. And you won't hate yourself yeah. at the end of the day. I know. <laughs> good life hack. Good life yeah. hack. Good life totally, hack. Yeah. Totally good. Love it. All right. Uh, are we ready to do the drop, Matt? Yeah, it's, your notes it'll be things? a quick one, but yeah, we well, let's, let's go into it. All right, here we go. Drop, drop, is this the fucking mic? This is exactly what I should be doing. What's up and welcome to this week's episode of The Drop, your weekly source for all things NFT and crypto art, as well as upcoming drops by notable people in the MoGraph industry. I'm Matt Milstead. As joining me as always is Dave Koss, and joining us this week is Vickle Parikh. Um, let's go into The Drop. It's really short this uh, today because, you sure. know... Because of Not Nifty Gateway and stuff and things. I, I would like to say, by the way, though, that this is the one-year anniversary of doing the drop. Is, is today the one-year well, anniversary? the 23rd, so in two days. Okay. But, but wow. yeah, next week is over a week, so I guess this is, yeah. Well, I, I guess it's good that it doesn't feel like we've been doing this for a year, you know? NFTs accelerate. As painful things. as sometimes it may be, you know, it doesn't feel like it's been a year, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> It's last year at this time is when it was below. I mean, it was already mm-hmm. blowing up before February, but I've in my mm-hmm. head, February of 2021 is when everything went ballistic in NFTs yeah. and all of our friends just, you know, that's when the get nifty discord mm-hmm. started happening and, and all of that. So pretty amazing. Yep. Yeah. I had my people listed. So yeah, yeah I was right. waiting for that to sell. Yeah. I still got a few more weeks until it did. Yeah. So what um, all right. Here? Uh, going into Nifty Gateway, they only had a couple of uh, drops uh, listed for the rest of the week or whatever. I guess they're updating on Wednesday. We should just change the date of the drop from now on, you know? Yeah, right. <clears throat> Get a full week. Uh, but, okay, so on the 21st tonight, uh, there's Micah Johnson and uh, uh, Bonhams. Um, interesting little stuff. Uh, I didn't really see much more than this. Uh, interested to see more. Yeah, yeah. little tease. Wish they'd give me a little bit more, but that's okay, you know. But that's tonight. Uh, tomorrow on Nifty Gateway, there's Edward Ov. Um, which like this colors. one looks cool. I, I really love the colors. Yeah, super cool. Those are Blake Catherine like colors. Those are Blake Catherine colors. Patent yeah, painting. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, really cool looking stuff. Uh, excited about that one. And then uh, next up is uh, Lyle Owerko. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, but uh, this piece, I think, I think Lyle has done a drop before. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I think Lyle is a physical artist who's doing NFTs. I, I'm, I, don't quote me on it. Yeah, but so uh, that's I really, a physical piece that that, that right, 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 right. right. Um, I wonder if there's a 3D integration. Like, what is the deal there? Yeah, I don't know. He's done some uh, some like AR type stuff. You know, with uh, different uh, uh, different NFTs and stuff. I, I I don't know. It's it's neat looking stuff. And notice so, it says yeah. two twenty two. It's two twenty two twenty two on a Tuesday tomorrow. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah yeah. So yeah, he's doing. Oh, okay, so I I'm looking at his Twitter right now. He's got like a three D spin of these boom boxes and stuff like that's that. So okay. yeah 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 gotcha. yeah. So yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, uh, that's all I've got for Nifty Gateway right now. Uh, moving over to Makersplace, 
Uh, Arben Velasio. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. I really like this work. What's so funny is because I, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is some of the other stuff. And then we get to like this one right here. I was like, oh, that one's gorgeous. I was I was I'm either totally on TikTok sure. Ooh, or... Yeah, I was either on TikTok or Reddit the other day, like literally yesterday, and I saw one of these pieces that they had posted, and I was like, I just got mesmerized by it, just watching it over and over and over again. I was like, okay, it's a really good artist. I really like this one. I really yeah. like their work. Um, then that's uh, that's uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is that drop. And then on the 23rd, uh, Ying Lu, um, Year of the Tiger, uh, cool little illustrative work and stuff like that. Uh, neat, neat little stuff there. That's on the 23rd, and then uh, the 24th, uh, Hackatel is doing a drop. It's a uh, Remix Me Three. So uh, previously on Remix Me Two, what Hackatel does is um, uh, takes their art as well as art artists, other artists' work. You know, uh, uh, Jonathan Winbush is actually going yeah. to be featured on this one. Uh, mm -hmm. One of several artists who will be on this drop, where uh, uh, they basically remix their art and Hackatel's work together, which is yeah. pretty cool. So yeah. along with other, uh, uh, so it'll be Jonathan Winbush along with eleven other artists uh, being remixed into Hackatow's work. Yeah. So super cool stuff. Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, man, uh, Winbush has just been killing it lately. I know. Like he's man. he's everywhere. He is everywhere. He's doing right? so so good. And he just got the uh, what was it the uh, the the, uh, the 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 thing the thing the thing, the thing. The thing. yeah. What, the thing. What? what did um, he get? I don't know. I don't know. What you're oh talking gosh, about. I just gotta look at his pinned stuff. He sent. Uh, uh, he sent us a message. I'm trying to pull it up, but Facebook is being weird right now. Here we go. Yeah. What did he send us? Is, is there something uh, new? What did he say? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I didn't know if he maybe the he had epic, something else the out today. Epic or not. Games thing. The the the. Whatever. Anyway, congrats yeah. to Jonathan Winbush <laughs> for being know. everywhere and everywhere at the same time. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Winbush. I thought. I'm sorry. I yeah. thought you were talking no, about talk Paul for some reason. I don't no, know. I, I got about ahead Winbush. of myself. Okay. Yeah, Paul had something. Yeah, but Paul was no. That was something completely different. Oh, okay. he didn't send us a piece. He was telling us that we could use uh, any of his short films for MoGraph TV. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. So there you go. <laughs> Good stuff yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just get used yeah. to, you know, Paul, I feel like he's got an NFT every week now, you know, he's right? killing it so right. hard. Yeah, he yeah. is. That's funny. Pickle, have, uh, have you or uh, any anyone at the studio been into any NFT stuff? No, we haven't, actually. Uh, no one at the studio that I know of uh, has actually done it, which is, uh, seems shameful, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, have, you, have you seen any, like, as a studio owner... You know, have you have you uh, had any clients come to you talking to you about any of the NFT stuff or like yeah. pitched any NFT? Things? Yeah, I think I I'm seeing like a lot of movement in terms of clients wanting to, you know, sort of uh, either building sort of this space to. Um, feature NFTs, you know, uh, mm -hmm. or create their own sort of virtual world where they can, you know, put their drops in and things like that, mm -hmm. uh, which seems pretty commonplace now, um, but also, you know, fits into what we do really well. Um, yeah. But uh, I think uh, we really, you know, feel like uh, 
NFT is it's great. I mean, I think it's very democratic, and I think it really yeah. helps the artist to, you know, like I, growing up, you're like, what do you, do you make? Like, you're just making a computer? Like, are you like a painter? Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? But yeah. it's sort of out of that, and I feel like that's why it's great. It's like really uh, revolutionizing this thing, but um, I don't, I think minting and stuff yourself, you know, a lot of people kind of, you know, take a backseat when it comes to that, so... Um, mm-hmm. Um, that's really the only we we are working with a blockchain company to do a bunch of TikToks for them. But oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I don't know. If that, that's cool. That counts as an NFT. Right? Yeah, it, it it does. You know, bring validity to the to the the craft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's and that's good. And you know, like Sharon says here, yeah, it can be very intimidating and absolutely to figure out how to break into it. You know, you really got to like dip your toe in and. Uh, it, right now, it's not easy for your average artist who doesn't know anything about it to just Correct. say, "Okay, I want to, I want to start slow and just kind of, yeah, just get in here and play with it, figure it out." I, I think we're not to that point yet, and especially with things like the the phishing attack, the open sea phishing yeah. attack that happened this weekend. You know, it's like two hundred million dollars stolen uh, that quick, and the victims realized in talking to each other that the only thing that they had in common was they had manually migrated these pieces to OpenSea. And so it's like you hear about security issues, you hear about wallets, you hear about mm-hmm. – you're like, oh, my gosh, how do I even get started? And, and it will get easier. But the but there are things like modern art thieves out there now who yeah. you know, are, are <laughs> trying to steal the Mona Lisa. It's right. <laughs> very, very weird times. Yeah, even, so. even like right now, people that are selling like NFTs for you know a certain amount, I think they've done like a huge amount of groundwork before they even got into art. So it's like very community driven. So I feel like if you're not like completely invested in the community and you know you're not uh, in sync with the community, it's very hard for artists to like go out be like, all right, here's my piece of art, yeah. put it up on you know any of the platforms or exchanges, and be like, let's you know sell it. I think that you have to put that. Actually, like PR, but more like yeah, you, you gotta know, have like a name for community. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think it's the community engagement, like engagement within oh, yeah. you. You know, uh, whether it's like even buying like a new artist that you really like, or uh, you know, just encouraging other people to go on. I think you have to be a part of that uh, dialogue to you know be successful. Yeah, I think that would it's, be a good episode to have. You know, like Sharon says in the the chat here. You know. She's got the wallet and the art. What's next? You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, you yeah. know, you don't want to sell all of it. You know, you want to put it out there, see what's popular, sell one or two of your favorite pieces. You know, there's a whole thing behind promoting it and all of that. It's you have to make kind of a dedicated uh, jump into that. Say, I'm going to commit this much time to it for maybe the next six months and see mm-hmm. how it goes. Because otherwise, it's just like you just post it and then it never sells and there's no yeah. promo around it. It's you, know, yeah. you, ha- you have to do that. So yeah. yeah, I really wish, I really hope that this is, you know, this sort of matures fast and, uh, before like all the conglomerates, like sort of, you know, try to like get in this space and, mm-hmm. uh, right. take it away from, uh, the artist. I, I feel like yeah. this is our moment to shine. This is our moment to, you know, this is artists being geeks and being like tech developers and starting yeah. Google. You know, like people yeah. really did it. Like, uh, so I, I think that it's very important. Yeah, I agree. 
completely and, agree. and you guys are doing a great job i must say like I've, you know hearing your podcast and really building into this i feel like you're definitely fostering that community and especially from like the motion design aspect of it like every mm -hmm. month it's very educating I, like everything you know you guys talk about is spot on like regarding nft or even mm -hmm. conversations you guys have with artists i think uh very poignant i appreciate that appreciate i appreciate that, that. yeah and that's that's what we're hoping that uh, that we can keep going now that the pandemic is, you know, mm -hmm. kind of brought you know these meetups to this screeching halt. This halt is keeping that community thing going despite yeah. not being able to meet each other in person and and all of that fun stuff. But yeah, it's it's uh, really interesting also being in this space, you know, this space. and being being <laughs> an artist, being an artist, and you know, the whole reason I got I I got into NFTs in the first place is because. I love art and I love, you know, a bunch of different artists work. And I've always wanted to be able to collect something so much more than just buying a print, you know. And for me, you know, being having that that smart contract, which is basically the certificate of authenticity for it, you know, I thought was fantastic. I could now own people's work. I can right. now own, you know, a, a, another one of my favorite artists. And that to me was really cool. And coming from it from the art background and an appreciator of art, an art connoisseur, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I enjoyed that. And it's weird going on like Reddit and seeing people just bash NFTs and stuff and seeing it as this like, you know, this money laundering scheme and stuff. And it's like, OK, you're looking at it from not from the artist's perspective, you know, like you're looking at it from a completely, you know, uninformed perspective, yeah. you know, and it's like people are making livings off of this you're mm -hmm. you're going there and saying okay so they you know they you know there was an article about the open sea you know they stole 17 million dollars worth of work and the first comment was oh so they didn't steal anything yeah. you know it's like no you know that that artwork yeah, had yeah, value and stuff like that you yeah, know i have a pool in yeah. my background to prove that nfts actually make money right. you know and yeah. it's like i i don't know it's frustrating I, I, I wonder if physical artists back in like, you know, Picasso's day or something like that had to struggle with actually saying, no, this is a legitimate form of, you know. Of, yeah, they would be like, that style know, he's doing is just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's oh. very <laughs> easy to bash the NFT industry as a whole if you don't fully understand some of the aspects at least try and understand it a little bit before mm -hmm. completely yeah. stepping yeah. on it you know that's but i think like it's people that commoditize art are the ones bashing it and i have to be you know like people that like you call yourself an art connoisseur like they are not the bashers you know i think like the wall street or people that are into you know crypto exchange like they are the ones that are bashing it because they don't understand the community behind it right. and i think once you know and people within the community are not so i just think it needs to be you know wider bigger and to legitimize and mm -hmm. you know when wall street's bashing like you arrive like you know i think yeah, it's kind yeah. of real <laughs> yeah, like it's that. It's not yeah. gonna go away like that. So that just needs to happen fast. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what's gonna be one of the biggest changes, like right now, you know, you get some of these game companies who are talking about NFTs, and you get a bunch of gamers who are very pissed about that. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I think yeah. what's going to happen is NFTs are gonna be rebranded as something else. You know, and not and people who are like, oh no, this isn't an NFT. This is 
a smart contractor, some, yeah. something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, where the, the, the phrase NFT is not is it's basically the same thing, but they're they're going to rebrand it into something that sounds a lot more magical, yeah. you know, <laughs> and then people are going to be like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm on board. You know, it's like right now, what's the difference between Nintendo selling you a digital copy of, you know, a, a link to the past? You know, Zelda, a link to the past right. versus, you know, an NFT, right? It's still a digital good. The only thing that the NFT has with it is that smart contract saying that you're the one who owns it, yeah, right. you know? It's the only difference. I, really. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's like that Xbox yeah. games that when you bought a CD, you could also download it on your, you know, it's very yeah. similar to that. Like you owned it, you put it on USB, it's for yours to keep, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's just like now there's a validity to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think I think once a marketplace comes up where you can buy, like especially with video games, I would think that gamers would be all about this because that gives them the ability to buy a digital copy of the video game, have it associated with your wallet, and then if you want to turn around and resell it, you can. Yeah, you know, or, or even things like the whatever goes along with it, right? All your your mm -hmm. digital pieces, like your your downloadable content from your games, are less. You yeah. know, less verified than a blockchain transaction. So it's it's the same thing, really. Yeah. You think and the number it, of times I bought Zelda A Link to the Past on so many different versions <laughs> right? of yeah. Nintendo stuff, I would love to be able to purchase it once and be able yeah. to transfer it anywhere I go. True. So, yeah. yeah anyway. Yeah. <laughs> video game, I feel like, is the one industry where, like, this NFT, art, like, the art-based... Uh, I think can easily translate into, and it could provide like a perfect platform. So that's like the thing, they, you know, it, kind of make it yeah. open source so that it'd yeah. be a perfect platform for artists to, you know, not only feature, sell like fashion, art, technology. They can all sort of come together and storytelling with, you know, gameplay. I think it's yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's amazing that the the industry that's going to like. Uh, benefit from it the most, which I think is mm -hmm. the video game industry, is is actually the a lot of the ones that are like kind of naysaying it right now. I really think yeah. that's going to change. You know, when you yeah. can get an NFT and the GTL app to whatever GTFO file, <laughs> GTFO. Uh, it, you know, you can link that to whatever game you're playing and your digital goods and your clothing mm -hmm. and your your armor and what, all that stuff is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sharon asks about NFTs as their way to authorize a version, so it can't be faked or stolen. That's basically what it is. There is no way to fake a blockchain transaction. A, jo a blockchain transaction, contract. but someone could, you know, just, that's, that's and for me, that's one of the big downfalls with NFTs right now, is you, you really have to do your, you know, homework in order to find the validity with the people who are posting it because you never know whether you're going to get scammed yeah, you don't want i think OpenSea needs to do a better job of that they're really terrible about that especially when you've got ones that are certified like laid back llamas that one's certified and then you've got laid back llama collection which is not or something you know and if someone accidentally presses the wrong one they could get you know taken for it yeah there's scams like um somebody has offered you x amount of of dollars for something they'll, they'll do something right. like like they'll they'll do a different cryptocurrency for the offer so that you don't look quick enough and you're like oh five five eth yeah oh it's not five eth that's that's five dollars dollar dues or something yeah you know like yeah. yeah you just have to be very careful so you you really have to 
do a lot of homework. Make sure that you understand it. Do mm-hmm. one little piece at a time. Do Start with something simple. Start with a small amount of money. Start with mm-hmm. an easy piece of artwork. Maybe not your best art for your first minting, just so you yeah. get an understanding. So. And it's going to get easier. It will. It will get easier. I know it will. That's for sure. So, Oh, look who's here. <laughs> Dang it. I always hey, forget. Matt. I always forget. What's up, Torby? <laughs> How's it going? Uh, sorry I missed you last week. I was buying a Valentine's Day card for my lady friend. It said, uh, <laughs> I'm mutts about you. <laughs> yeah, then we had a romantic carriage ride down in Central Bark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see you met Eardrop Ostrich last week. He's pretty shy, I isn't do. he? Yeah, he's yeah, very he shy. Is. After mm-hmm. the uh, open sea hack, he really uh, has his head in the sand. I knew that was coming. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah, that's why I prefer burying all my ETH in holes in the backyard. <laughs> that's what I call dirty money. Oh, gosh. Okay, bye. Mm, all right. On all that right. note, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if you or anyone you know is uh, doing a drop, uh, feel free to email us info at mograph.com and we'll show it on the show. Totes. Uh, other than that, let's get back to the regular show. Let's do it. Drop. Is this the fucking mic? Drop. This is exactly what I should be doing. Ah! All right. Fickle, thanks Fickle, so much thank for you. being on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thanks so much. It was it was a good chat. It was a good chat. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. It was really good chatting. Yeah, nice we'll have to... someone new. Right? You know, we'll like have... we haven't met before. <laughs> like. <laughs> we'll have to meet yeah. up in person next time we're up in New York. I know. Yeah. Yes, please do. Please do. <clears throat> we're normally up there around October time yeah. for NAB East. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they do that again yeah, this year, yeah. we'll, hopefully. hopefully you'll come up sooner than that. Yeah. 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 Sharon, Sharon asked if, if I was wearing Dorpy on my hand the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very slick with it, right? Yeah. 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 When we get close, I, you'll see me kind of like slowly reaching over here yeah. to grab him and like put him under the desk so Matt can't tell it's coming, you know? Yeah. 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 Dave, Dave, I have a question for you before sure. we go. Do you have uh-huh. a second? Yeah. Uh, was that whole thing scripted or just like improv? So scripted. Oh, that was scripted. That was all I scripted. write them the morning of. <laughs> They're not that scripted. They're not that well thought out, but yeah. as you can tell. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, that's funny. I thought that was pretty impressive if you just came up with that. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do about 30 seconds of, of you know, pre pro on that at least. Right. You know. All right. <laughs> yeah, so, um, if, oh, if people want to find you online, uh, where can they get a hold of you? Where can they talk to you? Uh, at Vickle uh, on Instagram, Facebook, attaboystudios.com. I think there's a link to my email. Um, it's just V-I-K-K-A-L at attaboystudios.com. And Attaboy Studios is at Attaboy Studios on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All the things. All the things, cool. yeah. Yep. Cool. Cool. Well, we're going to get out of here. You can rate us on iTunes, leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. It helps get our ratings up. You can also subscribe to our newsletter, which goes out uh, every month or so. Uh, you can see you've been there, done that, got the T-shirt with the MoGraph logo tee, the Paul Bab, Feel the Bab 2020 shirt. All the profits from that go to Doctors Without Borders. There's the Render Things T-shirt, hoodie, and long sleeve tee, the MoGraph Blandishment shirt, and, of course, the That Render is Fire shirt, which you are only allowed to wear ironically. 
unless, unless you're, you're shams. shams. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that wraps it up. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Hi, TikTok. Oh, no one's over there watching. Who cares? <laughs> and uh, MoGraph.com. And uh, so check us out on there. Make sure that you turn on MoGraph TV. Turn it on and rip the knob off. No. <laughs> Just turn it on and watch Just it. Just turn it on and, and yeah. rip the knob off. There's no knob right. anymore, though, I guess. So. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, we're going to get out of here, though. Uh, thanks again, Vicol. And until next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And this is Vicol. Have a good one. All right. Later, yo. Bye. Pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SIGGRAPH, HalfRes, and local meetups. Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. we got to stop this thing, Rick! It's going to kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in the HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous! Branch into new software, learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it! We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.